I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kathy from the Kindergarten Kiosk Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect those of others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Coming up on episode 110 of Podcast PD, sponsored by StreamYard, we talk about what we learn from pandemic learning in terms of what worked and what can still be valuable in the classroom. Let's start the show. This is Podcast PD, the show that provides you with anytime, anywhere professional development. Our conversations and guests will provide you with the learning you might get in a faculty meeting or on a PD day. Except you're going to have more fun with AJ Bianco, Stacey Lindis, and me, Chris Nessie. Let's start the show. Happy Sunday night to you as we record this live. It is Sunday, December 5th. It's time for episode 110 of Podcast PD. My name is Chris Nessie, and I am joined as always this holiday season by my Podcast PD compadres, Stacy Lindis, and our resident elf on the shelf, AJ Bianco. And why do I get this designation? I don't understand. I don't know. It sounded funny and cute in my mind. It's one of the things that comes to my mind when I think of you, AJ, funny and cute. Great. And uh, and Elfin. Damn elf. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> all right, Stacy, how are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. It was a it was a good, nice, long, relaxing weekend. How about you, Chris? How's it going? It's going. Uh, you know, we're uh, in the swing of the holidays here in the Nessie household. Um, busy week. You know, school is school, right? That that's fun and exciting. Certainly, got some stuff I can share. I'm doing in my classroom. Uh, since last time we spoke, uh, the Rutgers semester is rapidly coming to a close as we're recording this. I'm getting ready to enter the last week of the semester. Thankfully for me and my students, no final exams, just the last class where we wrap things up. And then uh, that's the end of that. So, you know, how's about you? Uh, yeah, a little bit of the same. I'm getting started with the holidays. We bought our first fake Christmas tree ever. Woohoo! Uh, no, I'm I'm so sad. It's like it's a struggle. And um, time out. You're not going to be sad when a you can sleep easy knowing your house might not burn down. B you don't have to water your fake tree unless you're really crazy. And I don't think you are. I've known you long enough. Um, or C uh, it doesn't shed. Although I do have a fake Christmas tree that's almost as old as I am, and it sheds like a real Christmas tree. Well, that's not good. Get a new tree. Oh, no, but, um, no, no. I'm sentimental, but go ahead. No, it's, it's. I don't know. It's just different. It's a different kind of feel. So. Is it, it a white tree? Oh, God, no. No, but it are has. Lights, um, are the lights built in? Yeah, that was one of the things that when we got it, it had, like, that was one of the requirements. Um, but the lights were so bright, we had to buy a dimmer to dim the lights because I felt like Clark Griswold, like. <laughs> trimmed our tree with the lights and it was it was not good is it in it the a, room you're in no it's in the other room okay can you uh can you send me a picture of your tree and you know we can w- could we all share our trees on the social uh sure no no we can't we can't do it this year oh okay no i don't have a tree at the moment maybe Stacey, we can you want to share our trees days. on social Maybe we can do it for 12 days of Podcast PD if we do that this year. I can share the menorah if you want, since that's the other part of our family traditions. I do like that. Happy Hanukkah to you. It's over? It's over. Tonight was the last night for for everyone involved. Shalom. 
Wow. <laughs> wow. What? That's not a made up word. It's a real word. It's not. You're right. It just came out of nowhere. It's, it's just not. It, it's not a. I don't think it's a Hanukkah. It's not a Hanukkah, it's not a Hanukkah word. Yeah. I mean, is it an inappropriate word to use at Hanukkah time? No, not really. But like, no, it's like an everyday word. Yelling out shalom when you write when you light the candles. <laughs> Are they real candles or fake candles? I mean, how far do they're we want to go? They're always real candles. They're always real. I don't know. Now you know. I'm not Jewish. What do you want from me? I'm not saying anything. I'm filling you in, letting you know what we do around here. Stacy's I- looking at me like, "How dare you light fake candles at Hanukkah?" You. <laughs> I don't know anybody who lights fake candles at Hanukkah. I don't know. If you have little kids, they learned how to use candles and matches. Maybe a lighter. They did today. Well, before we go too far into the holiday week, hello to Mel A and Dave Frangiosa and uh, Stephanie Scrocky hanging out with us on a Sunday night as we live stream this episode. AJ, how are you? Because, well, we didn't talk to you yet. You You called him an elf. You called me an elf. Well, you didn't say how you were. Because he was offended. Happy and on a shelf, just waiting for my time to. Roam around the house without anybody knowing. I'm fine. It's Wait, December. So quick question. Do both of your families have that? I don't I don't know. Oh, the elf? Yes, yes. Yes. Usually we do. We don't have the elf this year. He didn't come visit us. Because we're not home. So we don't we don't have the elf. He can't come to our house if we're not there. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Oh. I hope it makes sense. I think it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Our elf has graduated to um gift cards? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um so if you have little people listening to this, now's a good time to pause it. But like um, once we moved away from hearing the bell at Christmas and nobody heard the bell anymore, um, Doug and I gave up moving the elf, but the boys moved the elf. And that's a lot more fun because now I get to participate. <laughs> that's that's cute. Right. It's like a new little thing. And like when Richie, when Richie was responsible for moving the elf. Like that was fun too because then I could see like Robbie get excited and it was like it took like one nightly thing off of the list of things to do before you go to bed or you know wake up super early and you're like crap that thing didn't move right so. <laughs> panic that always sets in right you're like did you move the you gotta no. you, you, you have to move faster no. than the child exactly but you know That's even fine. with regular traditions even with the fake tree the elf showed up the day that the tree went up and it was in the tree that's how our elf always arrives. In the tree. In the in tree. The tree. Very huh. cool. Even when it was real. Neat. Yeah. Because when it was real, you had to like let the branches settle. Not that we really had that problem, but. I have no idea what that means, but okay. <laughs> AJ, well, when, when you have a tree, are you a real tree or a faux tree family? We've been doing real trees. We've been yeah. going back and forth between the real tree and the fake tree. It's hard to make the decision because mm-hmm. real trees smell nice. Mm-hmm. Fake trees don't shed all over the floor. <laughs> That's true. Fake trees come pre-lit. <laughs> That's true as well. And you can go back and forth between white and bright light. They're colored yeah. lights. Yeah, we were looking at a we were looking at we were looking at a fake tree. I'll be honest with you. And this is something that we've been going through because real trees are kind of expensive. Yeah, dropping like seventy bucks a tree a year. Yeah, yep. it's part of the holiday, but that, that's expensive. My cousin said she spent three hundred dollars for her tree yeah, this no, year. That's, that's crazy. How tall mm. is the tree? I don't know. I can't wait to see it did on she, Christmas Day. Did she grow the tree and wait for it? <laughs> No, she said three hundred bucks, and and I know where she where she goes to get it. We used to get there get our trees there too, like twenty so years ago. And at the time, it was like seventy to eighty bucks. So I get it with inflation, but like we cut our own tree down literally on the corner of our street because there's a Christmas tree farm at the corner of our street. I was just about to ask our uh, live chat friends 
what they do. And Stephanie in the chat says, uh, as my dad pointed out years ago, when I asked for a real tree, they're all real trees. Wait for it because you could see them. Ah, oh, there you go. So Clever. Right. So fake trees you can't see. Hmm. Mel A is a humbug and hasn't had a tree in many years. Well, maybe it's a tradition that she doesn't partake in. Oh, that's true. I apologize for being insensitive, but let us know. Uh, are you a fake tree or a real tree person? Or are you a real menorah, fake menorah person? I do not know. Wait, what? Um, <laughs> I was talking about the menorah again. Anyway, or maybe you celebrate something else at this time of year. Let us know. Hashtag podcast PD on Instagram and Twitter and tag us at podcast PD. We'd love to help you celebrate and be educated. I speak for myself. So what's new in the world of education? Stacy? I'm going to ask you for an update on your classroom of the future that you shared uh, a few episodes ago. Where, where, where do you stand or sit with that? So I, um, my partner, my co-teacher and I, we had our meeting with the steering committee for um, our program. And we basically talked about all of the things that we wanted. They took stock of all of that. The technology is outside of our hands. That's being purchased by the tech department. And we won't know what we get until we get it, um, from what I can tell so far. Um, but we are responsible for putting in an acquisition for the furniture that we want. So that's like what we've been looking at. I have to say, um, minor complaint. I kind of miss the days of using catalogs, right, to do like ordering and stuff. Like Ed Data, I don't know if anybody has to use mm -hmm. that in, in your district. It is not a user-friendly site. So I was very thankful when I went into the media center to talk to the purchasing secretary. And um, the media specialist said, I have this catalog. I was like, oh, gosh, I miss the days of like a Sears catalog for like school supplies. And so she gave that to me and it has made our acquisition and our our scanning of furniture a lot easier and then um you know this week before orders are due we spent a lot of time talking with our students about what they would want even though when push comes to shove if they get to use the furniture this year it would be a minor miracle just because of the way the supply chain is and how slow things are to get in 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 general um when it comes to school supplies so um i'm hoping that this class gets to participate in a lot of the work that they they put into it and helping us design the classroom and helping us vet furniture and stuff. Um, we even spent a day with some of the um, flexible tables that we have out in our hallway, like in our common area. We brought them into our classroom. We let kids sit at them. They got to troubleshoot some of the things that they liked and didn't like. And then um, we made some final decisions from there. So yeah, that's all due tomorrow. And then I'll let you know what happens after that. Excellent. Good to hear. And certainly it sounds like it's moving in the right direction. I'm glad you didn't answer that by saying, oh, we were denied. We're not going to be able to participate in the program. So, Oh, no. We, no yeah. I'm, I'm super excited. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I got something I can share that's uh, pretty exciting that sort of relates to what we do here, uh, and that's podcast related. So uh, I was approached by uh, a technology person in my district, as well as the superintendent, Ooh. about, hey, Mr. Nessie, do you still do the uh, the podcasting in the morning with with students? And I said, no, I haven't been able to get that going again. It kind of fizzled out as a result of the pandemic back in 2020 in March and then nothing last year and haven't been able to really get anything like that going 
this year with the equipment I have and based on my schedule and the rooms that I'm in, but they really want me to do it. So it is now going to be a club officially and well, I mean stipend, but you know, I would do it for nothing, but don't tell them, but I'm going to do it for something. And it's going to be in the morning before school. And we're going to have this live morning show for announcements and, you know, different things. And I'm going to get to work with students before school and after school when I hold meetings to help our students really go out and create some additional shows and be a part of our school podcast network. So I'm really excited about that and letting kids tell the stories they want to tell and uh, kind of pass on my passion for doing exactly what we're doing, creating content, live streaming. Um, I actually, they, they really want this where I, I have secured a physical space. That's not a classroom or my classroom in my school where I'm going to get to like, clean it out, set it up and really work for a January 3rd launch when we come back from break. So this week, as we record this, I'm having my first two interest meetings for students who want to come out and be a part of this. So I'm very excited to get this going. And certainly I will share updates and uh, growing pains and growing happiness as, as we go through the rest of the year. That's are, they you, are they getting you new equipment or are you going to use the stuff that you got from the last grant that you had for your classroom? So I still have that stuff and that's what I'm going to primarily use. But then I said to the woman who reached out to me, I said, is there any type of budget for this? Because I could think of a thing or two that would really, you know, put this over the top and make it that much easier to do. And she said, well, put together a list and let me know, prioritize it. What, what do you absolutely feel you need like right now? And what are some things that, you know, maybe have to wait till next school year. So I put that together and, she said, I looked at your list. I looked at the stuff and I put it all in for the right now. Let's get it. So I don't know if it's going to be approved, but she put it all in and then we would prioritize the absolutes versus the the fluffy stuff. So I hopefully is we'll this, get a couple of new toys. Is this a stipended club? Yes. Like, is this a club that comes with a stipend? That's awesome. Yes. So very so what exciting. Is, what was it called last time? Something zebra, zebra something. It was the zebra podcast network. And it is yeah, that's what it was. ZPN. So it is still going to be called that. So I've uh, been spending time during prep and lunchtime in Canvas, no, Canva, designing flyers and posters and hanging them around the school and uh, putting in morning announcements to kind of drum up some interest. And as I see students who I know who are upperclassmen who either A, I have a good rapport with or were a part of this a couple of years ago when they were freshmen in my first period class, I've reached out to say, hey, we're back. If you want to get involved, bring your friend and, you know, come out and let's, we're going to really do this now. Last time we were just playing around. Now we're going to play around for seriousness. That's awesome. I wonder if, um, you know, every year NPR does that whole student as podcasters contest thing. I always wonder where those podcasts go so that we can listen to them. And I wonder if like your kids would benefit from like listening to students who win or like win in their category or are vetted and deemed to be like the gold standard of what students can do. Cause I was, I always find it interesting that it happens. And then I feel like it happens in a vacuum and like every now and again, I'll catch an episode where they like have like a clip or two and those are always great, but I'd like to hear like if it's just one episode that they submit or if it's multiple episodes. So good luck to you. I think that's such a great thing that you're doing with them. I, I think it's going to be fun and I am very, very excited to do this. You should have them create a podcast that they can submit to NPR. 
That's just, part of the plan. Just saying. <laughs> First, I have to figure out how to get them to be inspired to create content five days a week live. Hmm. So we yeah. will certainly work this month once I get some kids involved to kind of fill out some roles and, you know, I can kind of mold and shape them into what I think would be good while also giving them, you know, full control. One of the the models I put on some of the flyers and posters was your voice, your school. I love that. So I want them to be empowered. I would make it like um, those newsy, like 15 minute, 20 minute spots, like like the podcast that I'm fond of listening to every morning. Oh, like an up first kind of thing. Like an up first or yeah, what a day. That one's a little yeah. more slanted. Well, well, part of what I'm thinking in terms of how to put this together would be some of it's live and some of it can be pre-recorded segments. You know, if I can get some kids to be at a basketball game or a wrestling match and interview somebody and then come in the next day with that audio or that quick one, you know, one, two minute interview mm -hmm. with, with a student athlete, you know, then I don't have to worry about bringing a kid in live and doing it live. We can just kind of have some stuff ready to go. I love that. Yeah. AJ, what's new with, at school with you? Um, I, I don't, I don't really know. I gotta be honest with you. There's not much really new. Um, we're kind of going through the motions and we are back from Thanksgiving. So we're trying to make sure that we are on the right track, make sure the student students are having a good time and enjoying their time at school. Like there's nothing really popping up right now. I hate to say it like that. It's kind of like we're maintaining the kids are in a groove. Teachers are in a groove. So we're just kind of going to ride that until uh, Christmas break. I'll be honest. No, it's good. Couple of good things with uh, some some teacher groups that I'm working with. That um, one of, one of the groups we're reading "Find Your Why" by Simon Sinek, and we are kind of working on a plan for our why as educators. You know, just so we can kind of go back to our roots. So you know, it's, obviously, you guys know it's been a tough couple of years. So trying to find the why to stay positive and, and keep pushing forward. And then another group we're actually doing a podcast group. Just listening to a variety of podcasts and. Uh, looking at like culture and climate and leadership and things like that. So that, you know, we can kind of all be on the same page and work together as a, as a school and push others forward, you know, you know, just, just to, just to build that community in a different way, but it's not everybody. It's only a select group of teachers. That's yeah, sometimes you need, yeah. You need that pilot group, right? That core mm -hmm. group of people who are going to yeah. push out a yeah. bigger message. Be a good starting, good starting point for us. The next year, maybe we'll get a little bigger, do a little different, see what we learn from it. And uh, see what happens. And start with hey. why is a great book. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. everything you just shared is that's way better than you coming on here and saying, well, let me tell you why the whole thing is burning and falling and flaming out. So yeah. riding the wave is certainly just as good. Right. Try, trying to avoid any any burnout or boredom or anything like that. Do you think I, I, I'm not going to put you on the spot now, but in uh, a future episode, can you share with us some of the podcasts that this pilot group is listening to or maybe select episodes and sure. we can share that love. Sure. That's yeah, kind of what meeting, we do here. We're meeting like twice a month. So we're, wow. do, we're basically doing an episode a month, I guess we'll say. So one at one, one week, one time we meet will be, here's the episode here's what we can look for. Like me and the principal listen to it. Here's our thoughts and, and what you can look for. And then next week will be, uh, or the next meeting I should say, will be the teacher's thoughts, what they got from it and how we can benefit the school. You know, we kind of like, we let them run the conversation. We just facilitate. I like it. Sounds awfully familiar. Yep. So <laughs> it goes. Well done, AJ. Well done. Yes. <laughs> awesome. All right. So now that we're all kind of caught up, uh, our topic for this episode, and uh, AJ brings this topic to the table, and that is 
the idea of what worked in remote learning that is still working now as we are in person or what I guess, AJ, if you can better explain, but what I take from what we're doing is what did we do during remote and virtual learning that we're still doing that's working and what should still be a part of in-person learning as we continue to return to quote unquote normal? Am I reading that right? Well, so this was definitely brought up by uh, my wife, who is also a teacher. Um, and she kind of just, she was thinking just with the fact that like, you know, obviously we're back in the classrooms and doing the things that we are doing, you know, last year was very different. However, it was very much tech infused. So she was wondering like, what are some things other people are doing in their schools now that they did last year that they never thought they would continue doing? So, you know, are, is the technology still running strong? Uh, like, are you still doing variety of group work that you were doing or, or is, are there lessons learned from from the year that that is continuing now? I, I can jump right in with something that I think has been super valuable still. That is, I'm still seeing success with, success with. <laughs> and that is, so I'm back in person, right? Five days a week, 100% of the kids, the whole thing. I work with Quinn, the student teacher, and on a daily basis, we, one of us or both of us will take the time at some point during the day, we will record a screencast. We use Loom, L-O-O-M, and we will record a video like, hey, you're not in history class today. Here's what you've missed. And we record a, you know, 45 second to 90 second video about what was done in class, what has to be ready for next class. And we send that to the students who are absent from class for whatever reason. And that's been working out really well because then when kids come back in, if they're out a day or out a couple of days, it happens. We can, and, and we've tried our best to instill in them, check your email, right? You've got your student email, check it, especially if you're not here. So we kind of hammered that into them earlier in the year. So we're finding less kids coming in lost where they say, I wasn't here. I don't know what to do. So that's definitely something that was helpful remotely and now very helpful still with face-to-face. And I, because it's part of my practice on a, on a daily basis, literally, I don't know how I ever go back to not providing that mm-hmm. for my students. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that was, I, I think that's like something that unless you were already doing like a blended classroom, kids benefited from afterwards, right? That recording of lessons, um, that ability to, look at instruction after it had already taken place. I know, I know at the elementary level, we don't have a lot of kids leaving the classroom, but when we do, it's, it's, it can be very disruptive, right? So like I, every, every Friday I have five or six kids leave one period and then five or six more leave another period to go to lessons. And I'm just like, oh, it's, it's highly disruptive because, you know, like, especially my first year I had that, it was like six kids left, um, in one part of my reading math block and then another six kids left. And like, if they left in the middle, you were like missing a huge chunk of your class for, you know, either part of that. And it gets kind of dicey. Um, we have not taken to doing that, but I would really like to start doing more of that with math instruction because I think it's harder to make up like reading and writing go slow enough. Um, and the, the, con- the concepts are built so readily and easily that like, 
a five minute conversation with a kid catches them up on the teaching point and the objective and like what we learned the day before. And it's like, okay, now you're going to do what we did today. And you're going to try what we also did yesterday that you may have missed. Um, so that's at the end of the world. But math, as as you guys know, or maybe you don't, but AJ, I'm sure you've seen it with with your wife. You know, it's it's tricky when you miss like, like, how do we round numbers? And then like the next day is like, you know, we're doing something completely different because the concepts don't always like they're all related, but they don't necessarily build in the same way. Well, I mean, I love the idea. I mean, math is certainly a great place to do that. So if you were to do these short screencasts where you can, you only have to do one example or maybe two examples, and then mm-hmm. you throw into the student, hey, rewatch these examples, or here's the, you know, the work or, you know, the assignment, wherever that's posted or how they access it. It's easier for them to watch that shorter video. So it doesn't even have to be a full blown half hour video where like you're going through the whole lecture per se, just give them what they need to know. Right. Which almost then makes you think, or it makes me think, well, if I could teach the kid who's absent in a 30 second video, why did it take me 40 minutes to do it live? You know? (laughs) Well, I mean, like the whole teaching, like for us teaching, like mini lessons should be 10 to 15 minutes, but yeah, I see what you're saying, but it's because you're engaging kids in a different way where you're not just talking at them or like it, you know, when a kid is missing reading or writing, it's more of a check-in. Yeah. Right. But when they're missing math, it's, it's a little bit more than a check-in depending on where they are mathematically. Well, so oh, I'm I, doing like, the I like Mel's idea. Oh. Did you see Mel's idea? I did not. Where is it? She said you can get the kids to, or students to create videos um, and using Flipgrid and Loom for that is, is really good. Oh, that's true. If, if t- that's like domain four type stuff for all you Danielson fans out there where oh. the kids teach the kids. <laughs> I don't create the videos for kids who are absent. Their peers create the videos for the kids who are absent. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's helpful too. So that was like my one thing making video. So Stacy, what did you learn in the pandemic that, or what are you still doing? You know, I've, in the beginning, I remember thinking um, when I was a tech coach, I like Flipgrid for other people, but I never really um, embraced it when I first entered the classroom um, or re-entered the classroom. And then um I really saw its power when we when we left back in March. Um, and that's something that I'm leveraging now. So for my observations this year, or for my my alternative evaluation, because I don't get observed anymore, um, one of the things I'm doing is is um, really taking a look at student talk and conversation, especially in book club or in those reading periods when kids don't necessarily have a lot of... Um, teacher oversight, right? Because you're in book club, teacher can't be in all of the book clubs at once. So one thing that I'm, I'm really trying to teach into is how to have accountable talk, how to make sure that the talk is related to the book and that it's meaningful and pushes learning instead of it just being like, did you like the book? No, I didn't like the book. This is why I didn't like the book. And then it like digresses into like silliness. And so I am using Flipgrid and Flipgrid has made some really nice additions. Um, so now, you know, I don't need to see the kids' faces. I just need to hear their voices for this particular exercise. So I have them recording their their book club conversations with cameras off. Um, and then I'm just listening in to see how conversation is going. Um, that's been really helpful. Um, but the addition of Flipgrid in my lineup of tools is something that I know I'm going to keep, keep going with because you know, like Mel is saying, like you said, Chris, it's a great way for kids to kind of 
um, lean into their own teaching of, of content that they're understanding or learning. Um, even for, um, we just had New, New Jersey education, whatever that thing is where parents used to come into the classroom for the week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we're not really having parents in the building. So this year we had kids create a video where they taught their parents something about what's happening in the classroom. Um, and so like a couple of my kids recorded themselves talking about the work that we were doing with the book Stamp for Kids. A couple of the kids talked about our mindful minute and shared a meditation or a breathing technique that they've learned. A couple of them talked about, um, we do this thing called Think Outside the Box Thursday where they get half of a picture. Last week, it wasn't a mitten. So they get half of a mitten. They're not allowed to draw a mitten. They have to turn it into something else. And they talk about like what it looks like when they get it. And then they showed examples of their own. Um, and then we hang them in the gallery. So some of the kids like, you know, shared in their Flipgrid a picture of our gallery, which is really just closet space. We have a very open closet. So I just hang all the pictures up there. Um, but they got really creative with it. You know, some of the kids showed different mm-hmm. math problems. It was just, it's just, a you know, any way that you can have parents come in. We don't really use Seesaw. So this is a different way for us to use the technology that we are using um, to bring parents into the classroom in a meaningful way as well. I like that. I yeah, actually, I do too. And I had just heard, I'm going to do some research while, while AJ shares something. Um, but the, the guest I just had on House of Ed Tech, Rachel Langhorst, uh, in our conversation, she shared a great tool that I believe she described as what if um, Slack, Twitter, and Instagram had a baby and it was secure and private for schools, classrooms, teacher, like as a communication tool. So I'm going to look that up and uh, we'll divert over to AJ. What tool is that? I'm going to look it up. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> AJ, what's going on with you? No, like, what I, tools I, are you I, seeing I, that teachers are using and leveraging well? Um, I mean, it's hard to say because I, I feel like a lot are still using technology in, in a nice way. I feel some don't want to use technology because they want that that actual like approach to being in school. Um, I've seen a nice use of um, Jamboard. I've seen, you know, so they can collaborate because I know collaboration is still limited based on, you know, the, the protocols in place. So they do a nice job with Jamboard to get kids to to communicate. I know some people use Jamboard, some people like Padlet, but because of the, the paid version of Padlet, sometimes Jamboard is the way to go and they have several pages. Um, slides, I've seen my teachers using slides in a nice way, creating digital notebooks for students to use. I thought that was, that's been fantastic. Uh, doing labs through Google Slides has been great as well. Um, you know, I, I feel like this year I've seen teachers take a technology back a little bit because they didn't want to rely too heavily on it. They didn't want it to be like last year, which is fine. I have no problem with it, but I would like to see more technology incorporated into lessons just because, you know, I feel like it still has a has a place in our schools. And, you know, I don't want them to just go full on technology, but at the same point, we have to let the kids start creating some things through technology. And I think that's, that's the, uh, that, that, that's going to happen over the next couple of months going forward. Once we get our sea legs back, you know, I think they'll start figuring out ways to really have students tell stories through technology. And that's something that we're going to have to push and it's something we're going to have to change just because it's not something they did before. You know, last year they did technology, but they didn't use technology in like a project-based way. They did it through a, a a learning method or a way to deliver the learning. So or we're, a consumer-based gonna... product, right? Like right, right, right. Yeah. And that's the struggle. That's what I'm trying to 
take back too is um, like the consuming of content through technology. I don't necessarily find to be necessary. Um, save for those examples where like a kid is absent or like we're creating things as a backup, but like we're currently in our nonfiction unit and it kills me to watch them only rely on things like Epic or like digital books when our library is full of like really awesome content. And I feel like if we allow it, kids will lose the ability to be able to sustain themselves in a physical Mm -hmm. copy of a book. If that sounds you know what I mean? And I know this from personal experience as someone who consumes almost exclusively all of her books through an audio method, like sitting down and actually holding a book is not I like I feel my ADD kicking in my undiagnosed ADD and I just mm-hmm. get jumpy and twitchy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'd rather be doing anything right now, but holding this book. It's really true. I've noticed that about myself lately too. And so I don't want, you know, I don't want my 10-year-olds and my 11-year-olds to be 11 and not be able to hold a book and, like, mm-hmm. think critically about it in a way. You know what I mean? I just think that yeah. there, when we read different ways, we exercise different parts of our brain and um, we hold on to the, the information differently. So that is something that I really wish were a more analog version. Chris, did you find what you were looking for? I did. So this app, and I'll share the screen so those watching can see it, and then I will talk about it and I'll paint a picture of words for the podcast side. So we have here, it is called flat hat. The website is flathat.io, not a sponsor, uh, but they make school communication simpler, safer, and smarter. So I'll read their description. Uh, flat hat is an app with two core features. The first, a discrete social network providing a newsfeed similar to traditional social networks without the data pillaging and privacy concerns. The second a simple channel-based communication platform allowing teachers, students, guardians, and administrators to more effectively collaborate. So I need to dig into this, but just based on that description, I think Rachel is correct in that it's like Slack. It I, I, I saw the app on my phone, so some screenshots of it, where you can have images in the feed like Instagram, and you can create these channels or these subgroups like you would on, say, Slack or Discord. So you can have these different spaces. So I am going to definitely be exploring it and learning more. But, and as you see here on the uh, the picture, there's a little slideshow going by. So it has a laptop element, a mobile element. Um, so I have a question. Shoot. I, I, I might not have the answer, but go ahead. So I have never used Seesaw. Um, have you used Seesaw with your boys? My own children, yes. How do you envision this being different from Seesaw? <sighs> Listening to your description, it sounds like Seesaw. I think this would be, if I'm going to involve students, I think this would be for, I, I, uh, from having seen Seesaw with my own children who are nine and six, Seesaw seems good for the younger learner. Mm-hmm. I think this is a little bit more sophisticated. And if you've got students with mobile devices, Obviously, you can be able to reach parents. So I would see this being something that's great for probably grade six and up if you want to involve students or grade seven and up. Would you recommend it for fifth grade or no? What are you thinking? Maybe. I mean, certainly it's a way to get the parents involved. If you want to have elements of social media that are what, again, this is like the second time I'm looking at their website. If it's private, secure, and you can 
teach digital citizenship with this without getting the kids on Twitter and Instagram. I think there are elements of this that are valuable. You know, I like the idea when I see words like collaborate and a great way to communicate. I believe I saw in the screenshots for the app on the phone that you also have elements of what talking points does, and that's live translation. If I send I a, that, yeah. if I send a text message, the receiver can determine what language they want to receive messages in, which that's tremendous if you if you work in a school or community where there are many languages or different languages spoken by the student versus what their parents or guardians are speaking. We have that in our district. There's a lot of that. So this looks great. So I, I'm going to dig in again. It's uh, I'll include a link to this in the show notes at podcastpd.com slash 110. This is called Flat Hat, and you can find it at flathat.io. And Chris, and real, if people wanted to listen to the originator of the recommendation, where could they catch that? That would be House of Ed Tech episode 191. If you're not subscribed or following House of Ed Tech, go to chrisnessy.com slash go, or you can go listen at chrisnessy.com slash 191. And that just dropped today, December 5th. And that's, that's like one little piece of the conversation. The, the rest of the conversation is also really good too. Like I felt a lot of joy having the conversation with Rachel. So it was super fun. But real quick, before we move on, I want to make sure we do our due diligence here and give a shout out to our sponsor, StreamYard. StreamYard is a live streaming studio in your browser. It's how we produce the live stream here for Podcast PD. And we've been using it for over a year. StreamYard lets us talk to each other. We can take calls and we can nicely visually brand this live stream broadcast. Uh, StreamYard also lets us directly live stream to YouTube, Twitter. Uh, we used to live stream to Twitch. We don't anymore. We don't even have a Twitch channel anymore. I deleted it. You're welcome, AJ. And uh, you can also live stream to Facebook and LinkedIn, which is the third place we are streaming tonight. We are live on my LinkedIn profile. Uh, maybe we'll share the love and we'll go streaming on AJ's LinkedIn profile in a future week. And uh, if you want to learn more about StreamYard, use our link. Go to podcastpd.com slash StreamYard. And thank you to StreamYard for sponsoring Podcast PD. I, I really hope our one Twitch follower isn't miserable. I'm sure the one Twitch follower is off playing video games they in that devastated. corner of the internet. <laughs> devastated. <laughs> devastated. Welcome Where are AJ? <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy we're on LinkedIn. Yes. I'm a big fan of LinkedIn. And we got some good analytics on that video from two weeks ago. So... I know you guys are big on the numbers to justify why we do what we do and we can keep doing it. Okay. <laughs> Allegedly. Now, AJ, one thing numbers. you, one thing you didn't talk about and I was searching and now I'm going to bother you about it. Sure. So you talked about what you see from teachers. Can you shed any light on you as the administrator? Now I know last year you changed districts. You went into this role where you currently are partway through the year, but if you can, is there anything you are still doing this year that you did as an administrator last year while virtual and working with faculty and staff? I I don't know how to answer that. I'm going to be 100% honest with you because last year, most of the year I was there was a virtual year. You know, um, I got in there in October. October was all virtual. Kids came in for three weeks in November. Then they were virtual until February, right? February? No. The end of January. April. January. Then April is when they started coming back in different ways. But um, I, I think for me, to be honest, 
I'm just getting out of the class, out of the office more into the classrooms. I'm doing all the things that I can do um, to actually like see the students and get to know them. So um, it's, it's very different for me. My, my, my days are extremely different. Last year was just kind of like, hey, look at that LinkedIn. See, LinkedIn. <laughs> Nell is everywhere. There she is. <laughs> um, but no, my, my day is very different. So I'm, I'm, I'm more happy that I can be out and be with the kids and, 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 be in the cafeteria as we've talked about and you know actually seeing lessons and doing observations of lessons that are real and not worrying about you know me sitting at my desk and watching a virtual lesson observation um being part of classrooms being part of discussions seeing how school actually runs you know these are these are things that i'm doing so last year to me was just like really lucky that i can be in there learn the basics do the things i need to do so that now I'm more prepared. I know the schedule. I know how things break down. It really was a very, very, uh, last year was very easy for me because it really was just learning. And now I'm like, I'm in it. You know, last year was like a long summer. If it makes sense. I follow but you. I don't know if I answered the question because I'm doing sense. nothing. I'm doing nothing I was doing last year. I'm doing everything it's, I would have done in a full year. It's a completely different year, I think, with yeah. teachers than it is with students, right? Like, yeah. And, and it should be. I think that the, the needs of the adults in the building are vastly different from the needs of the students in the building. Mm -hmm. So I think that totally makes sense. Um, so AJ, I know this was um, the wife's suggestion and I'm wondering, is there anything that she would add to that list as a math teacher? Did you guys talk about it after she made the recommendation as a topic? Uh, no, she was actually more curious about the things that people are doing. She said to me, these are things I'd like to no, I guess, I guess, you know, for her math classroom, she's for math classroom for middle school. She's not really involved in the technology as much. She does some mm -hmm. things with like Google sheets and, and she obviously uses slides and some math tools like Desmos and things like that. But for, for her, Jamie's all in now back to like what a classroom should look like. Sure. Um, she wants that collaboration with students. She enjoys like actually like teaching and not worrying about a computer in front of her. Mm -hmm. you know, I think a big part of what Jamie does as a teacher is builds the relationships. I think that's what makes her successful. And she's able to, not, not like she did two years ago, but build those relationships with students so that she knows, uh, that, so the students know she can be trusted. Right. And, and then they can ask her questions and work with her. You know, so she's, she's in like it's almost 2019 again. But she understands that there is that that need for technology, so she's looking for ways that that she can kind of break um, break uh, bridge the two. So I know one of the things that um, when I was at the middle school and I was working as a coach, one of the things that my eighth grade teachers did really well was creating choice boards mm -hmm. and making it so that it was definitely the blended learning that I know you're very fond of, um, where like kids are able to watch some teacher created video, some Khan Academy type videos, and then the teacher can hone in on small group um, that's either teacher identified or student identified, right? So it'd start with like, okay, I'm going to see three people and anyone else who wants to join, um, you know, based on exit ticket information or whatever. And then um, I know a lot of them allowed for technology to be the creative outlet in how some of the kids shared their work, right? And letting them kind of choose their own path, right? So mm -hmm. whether it be Flipgrid or a Padlet or 
you know, letting them be like, all right, well, I know about this thing. I can use Canva. My kids, my fifth graders love using Canva. I don't know if they could do it in math. Mm -hmm. Um, We haven't really like gone in that route in math, but um, like you'd be amazed what kids are so willing to try out for you. And like you said, Jamie has that ability to create great relationships with her kids that they might be like, yeah, Mrs. Bianca, we want to try this. Um, It might not be what you were thinking for, for math, but I'm really comfortable with it and I'm willing to take that risk. And if it doesn't work, then we maybe can talk about it later. Right. Choice boards are definitely something that she was, that she loved, you know, prior to the pandemic. So I I know she's tried pieces of them, but again, because of that, the the method of like breaking down and moving around classrooms is so, so hard that it's hard to do the choice Mm -hmm. boards like that. And she doesn't want them stuck at their seats. So she has done little pieces of choice boards, but not to the extent that she used to do. That makes sense. Yeah, I feel like and, I'm not making any sense tonight, by the way. No, you are making a lot of sense. <laughs> okay. Because the, cause you're right. There's still some leeriness about getting kids together. Um, we try to just keep our kids moving so that they're not always right. with the right. same kids. Um, you know, Mel A and Stephanie have been having a great conversation about using Jamboard effectively, having escape rooms. That's a different route to go, right? A different way to be um, collaborative. Um I think most kids want to escape the math classroom. <laughs> hey, not if they have a great teacher. That's true. And I can think of two great math teachers, three great math teachers. Your dad, Jamie, and who else? Bowtie Joe. Bowtie Joe. How is he doing? I missed that guy. He's yeah. doing well. We're, How close uh, is he being to uh, Dr. Bowtie Joe? Dr. Bowtie, yeah. <laughs> Every time I talk to him about, hey, so how's that going? He, he just gives me this look like, just slow down. So I think he's taking advantage of the fact that he's got time to complete the stuff. So he's got a lot of things going on. Tell him we said what's up. Yeah, I will, of course. (laughs) And when he's willing to talk about it, maybe he'll come back on. I I think I can arrange that. Okay. (laughs) Oh, there you go. Mele is also talking about um, the mashup with Canva and Flipgrid. Hmm. Love me a good mashup. Me too. Mele, if you have some, um, if you have some, Oh, there we go. Stacy Roshan made a video recently on that and has retweeted a bunch of others who have been creating recently. So I was just going to say, Mel A, if you could tweet like some good examples that you've seen, but you covered it and uh, we'll be on the lookout. Maybe yes. Chris will add that. Yes. But this side I- conversation, if you're not joining us live, you're missing out on the side conversation. You should really go back and watch the video if you have time or just join us every other Saturday, Sunday. What day is it? Sunday. It's Every other Sunday, eight thirty, <laughs> and uh, get in on it live because the side conversation is a lot of fun. It's like a, its own little back channel in here. Yes, and actually, based on what they're kind of sharing and talking about, uh, I just want to real quick invite both of you. And uh, Mel has done this, uh, but you know, Stephanie or Dave, if you're still watching, uh, House of EdTech Smackdown Eighth Annual coming up. Coming your way on Sunday, December 19th, episode 192. Get your favorite EdTech tip, tool, app, recommendation, hack, whatever you loved in education technology over the last calendar year. Send it my way for that episode and get it to me by Friday, December 10th. That is this coming Friday. Uh, but if you get it to me after that, just you know, let me know. And I know the producer who puts it all together and he'll be happy to put it in if it comes in the following week so he's a good guy yeah he's a good guy chrisnessy.com slash feedback chrisnessy.com slash voicemail because as you all know if you send me an email you take your chances with the impression of you that i will do if i read it so send me a voicemail it's a podcast send me your voice 
And speaking of voices, now, Stacey, this is going to give you time to prepare your recommendation that we didn't get to last It's already episode. done. It's ready to go? Yep. All right. So you get ready to talk about it because I want to very quickly talk about our executive producers. So want to give a nice shout out to our executive producers, Mike Brilla, Stephanie Scrocky, and Sandy Hartman, the executive producer initiative. I guess, you know, we're kind of like the Avengers or something like that. Uh, if you get value from our conversations, there's a way you can support our efforts. You can show your support on a monthly or a yearly basis. You could support Podcast PD by donating $5 a month, or you can donate $50 for the year. And as a thank you, every executive producer receives a exclusive Podcast PD executive producer sticker. And if you become a yearly supporter of the podcast, we will send you not only the sticker, but we will also send you a Podcast PD mug and a Podcast PD t-shirt. If you'd like more information, go to podcastpd.com slash executive producer for more information. And thank you once again to Mike, Stephanie, and Sandy. Thank you. And now it's time for what we're listening to. Alrighty. Well, I didn't realize we are going to have music for that. Um, but I love the Avengers tie-in because my recommendation this week is Planet Money. We buy a superhero number one origins and it came back it came out back in February of this year. So February 12th, if you go all the way back, you'll find it um, on Planet Money. And I fell in love with this entire series. It's a great series. I think it's five or six episodes long. And I came upon it because every Sunday um, Up First does like some kind of like NPR drop in. And they did this thing where they um, shared like one of the tail end episodes of this series. And of course, being one of those completionists, I had to go back to the origin of it, which was great because they talk about how they don't think it's fair that comic book publishers like Marvel and DC sit on a treasure trove, thousands and thousands of comic book characters, pieces of intellectual property. Um, and, you know, we all know the big ones, Superman, Iron Man, Captain America, but there are millions of other comic book characters and superheroes that are never mentioned. Um, and so it says, but for every marquee character, there are hundreds of others sitting unused. And so they wanted to see if they could buy one. And it's like this whole thing where they talk about um, contacting DC and Marvel coming up short, um, finding the loophole. That was such a great episode that I think Kate would like, Chris, because it's about intellectual property and copyright. And I think it's a great way to teach into some of those loopholes and, and you know, using something that exists, adding it onto it and then trademarking your own version of it. And then, um, you know, they worked with the president of the Archie, com like whoever does the Archie comics, they worked mm -hmm. with that guy. And um, created this whole new comic. Um, they have a t-shirt. They even went so far as to talk about um, what it looks like when you license out your intellectual property with other groups. There are some lessons learned. It was a lot of fun. And I think if I taught middle school and I taught like any kind of middle school economics class, this would be something I would teach into. It was That's cool. Sounds interesting. It's yeah. a solid recommendation. I remember listening to these episodes when they came out so 
Definitely. And we have it here on the screen. So again, another reason to come out and watch this thing live because we've got visuals and uh, it'll be in the show notes at podcastpd.com slash 110. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, Stacey. Yeah, I was super excited. It was funny because we had just finished in the classroom um, talking about how Planet Money had done a series on Planet Money makes a t-shirt. And that's something that we do as part of our globalization unit and the whole process of like starting in the United States and then quickly exiting and what it's like to come back to the United States from, you know, leaving as cotton, coming back as a t-shirt, blah, blah, blah. And so it was all very much related and timely for what we were doing in the classroom, but not quite usable. And uh, speaking of t-shirts, we've got t-shirts <laughs> available. Look if at you that go to one. podcastpd.com and hit shop, we've got the Just Hit Record shirt. We've got the classic Podcast PD logo shirt with Pop AJ and Pop Stacy and Pop Nessie. So, yeah, we got all sorts of fun stuff available. Ooh. There's multiple ways to support the show. There you go. Nice. Well, I think that's it. That's it. Is it time for the magic? All right. Time for the magic. All right. Say goodnight, Christopher. Good night, Christopher. Say goodnight, AJ. Good night, AJ. Good night, Podcast PD. Thank you for checking out this episode of Podcast PD. For links to everything that we discussed in this episode, you can visit the show notes at our website, podcastpd.com. To connect with the show on social media, we are at podcastpd on Instagram and Twitter, and we share using the hashtag podcastpd. To connect with Stacy, AJ, and myself, we are on Twitter at Mr. Nessie, at Stacy Lindis, and at AJ Bianco. We would love to hear from you, so please go to podcastpd.com slash feedback and send us an email, send us a voice message, whatever you need to do. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you share it with somebody that you think would get value from it. Word of mouth is the best way to share a podcast you enjoy, and we hope you enjoyed Podcast PD. We appreciate you listening, we appreciate your sharing, and we love creating this podcast for you. We'll see you in the next episode. Take care.